For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome back everybody to another edition of the Topic Thunder Podcast. I'm your host Dylan at Thunder Chats, and I am joined by Connor in Virginia. Connor, how's it going, man? Doing good. Uh, a little bit under the weather. It's not COVID, I'm sure of that. Um, but yeah, kind of a cold going around right now at college. So a lot of coughing and stuff. Hope most of that isn't COVID, but um, doing all right, just a little under the weather but i'm excited always jump at the chances yeah for sure man it's uh you know we took last week off you know just kind of take a break there wasn't a lot of news going on kind of let everybody enjoy the labor day weekend but you know we wanted to come back give you guys some content and uh you know we asked you all for some questions we're going to talk about that in a little bit but uh first i just want to remind everybody um also remind myself because i forget to mention it a lot we are part of the believe podcast network um, so if you're looking to, you know, hear some other podcasts about, you know, different sports, different teams, you know, widen your coverage of, uh, I guess your podcast coverage, check out believe podcast network. Um, and yeah, check out some great podcasts there. They've been a great sponsor for, or they've been a great, uh, podcast network for us. They provide us some great sponsors. Uh, we've got some really exciting things in the works with them. So definitely check them out and works out to be part of them uh as i said about 12 times so you know you, you take about a week off on this and you forget how to do everything so cone the source of outrage on thunder twitter there isn't a lot of news but the the one thing that is going around is 2k ratings so yeah no, um i mean like some so i think i think they're all right um, there are some people that are pretty mad about some stuff. I think for the most part, they're pretty good. Uh, I could see Shay being bumped up. Like, so I guess I tweeted out, um, I think it was a day ago or two days ago, kind of mm-hmm. a list of the ones that I've seen so far. Uh, I think the game officially comes out tonight. If I recall correctly, uh, it might be, t- I think actually, I think it might be tomorrow, but like there are some people that have been saying they're going to switch their time zone so they can get it earlier. So we'll probably know better. Um, Yes. Yeah. Some people have been talking about taking quote unquote flights to other countries uh, to get the game early. So we should hear like pretty much the full rating soon, but from the ones that I've seen, SGA is an 86 overall. Lou Dort is a 78. Derek Favors is a 77. Josh Giddy is a 75. Baisley a 75. Poku a 74 and Roby a 74. So those are the ones that I've seen so far. 
I think they're pretty solid for the most part. Like SGA, I could see being bumped up maybe to like an 87, but I do get that he missed the second half of the season. So mm-hmm. um, kind of been a little bit since they've seen him play, but I feel like they're pretty good for the most part. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Uh, you know, I, I feel the same way about Shea. I feel like like 87 was kind of what I was hoping for going into the, mm. you know, the games, like the rating uh, releases. But uh, to kind of put in perspective, Chris Middleton, I believe, is also at 86 in the game. So, you know, Shea and Chris Middleton both have the same rating. That's it's pretty solid. You know, Chris Middleton's an all-star. He was the second-best player on the Bucks last year, the championship-winning Bucks last year. So, you know, that's that's solid for the the fourth year player and Shea Gibbs Alexander to be, you know, right there with Chris Middleton. Um, the other one I was kind of I, I don't want to say concerned about or anything like that, but I, I feel like they could have bumped Dort up just a little bit. That's fair. Yeah, I could see that. I know a lot of people were talking about an 80. I feel like a 79, maybe you mm-hmm. could have done an 80, I guess. Um, hopefully, if he finds a little bit more offensive consistency, that's what will really get him up, I think. Yeah. But yeah, def- definitely just on the back of the defense, plus the potential in him being young and already this good, definitely boosts his rating a little bit. Um, I saw a lot of people that were really mad that Dort was better than certain players. For example, I know a lot of Rockets Kevin fans Porter were happy. Jr. Yeah, that Dort was better than Kevin Porter Jr., which is funny because then I look at his stats and Dort shot better from three than Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. did last season, which is – I really didn't realize that. Um, so – Shout to Dort. Uh, Dort had a really good year last year. He's just definitely got to get his finishing better. Um, I hope he has some opportunity to show a little bit more of the playmaking that he has because I know we saw that at times. And when Dort drops a couple more of those 40-point games like we saw against the Jazz, I think his rating will go up a little bit. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, hold on one second, Connor. For whatever reason, my – ah, I don't have it plugged up. No wonder. <laughs> I'll say my, my MacBook's about to die, and I could have swore I had it plugged up. Oh, I do that all the time. Don't worry, you're all good. Uh, there we go. Rock and roll. All right. All right, yes, yeah, so three, two, one. Yeah, so I, the, the big thing that I want to see with Dort, like, he's really hard to play with in 2K. <laughs> like, straight up, yeah. his, his shot's kind of broken on there, which, you know, it's not a perfect jump shot, like, in real life either, but he's definitely worked on it, and I, I hope that they've – uh you know they've uh, they've showed that in this next game, and he's not as locked down as he should be on there. So I really hope that they fix his locks on defense in that game too. But yeah, other other than that, I think you know Baisley, Poku, Giddy. You know, given what we've seen and what we haven't seen in Giddy's case, I think that's all fair. Um, hopefully, those ratings will be going up. You know, as the year goes on, and maybe in, even at the beginning of next season. Yeah, Poku's uh, one that I think I think Poku's going to take the biggest jump out of all the guys on the. I think Dort could take a decent jump, but I think mm-hmm. by the end of this season, I'm hopeful that Poku, who's a 74 right now, could be like a 77, 78 if he has. I'm I'm I've been on the Poku is going to have a crazy good season, not like an all star anything. When I say crazy good, crazy good relative to how he was last year. I think he's going to take a big step this year, which I'm excited about. Hopefully, Baisley also takes that step. I'd like to see mm-hmm. him kind of reestablish himself as part of the future. A lot of people have given up on him too quickly, but uh, I, I think Baisley can have a good year as well. So those, mainly Poku is the guy I'm looking at to take a big jump. Um, and then hopefully by the end of the year, Shea's jumped up a couple spots and maybe he's like an 88, 89. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, th- that's another thing we could talk about real quick, you know, um, in the off season, one of the things that the fans, you know, just kind of eat up anytime that they're released is the off season hype videos. And Shay is no stranger to those. He's put out a few, um, I think with the Washington sports group, which is, you know, who, who his agencies with, he's playing against guys like Joel Yai, his cousin, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Evan Mobley's out there. So he's playing with some, you know, pr- pretty good talent out there, but also Darius Baisley was in some runs i think the clutch sports run so that's guys like ben simmons aaron gordon um a bunch of other players that i can't think of off the top of my head but he's out there you know playing with you know grade a talent um specifically with ben simmons and simmons was checking basically for a lot of the game and i know you know it's off season you know it's just pick up so like they're these guys aren't going 100 percent, but just from what we've seen, Baisley looks a lot more comfortable with the ball in his hands. Um, he's, you know, putting together dribble combos that you didn't really see him do in his past two seasons. He's shooting the ball confidently. And the key to Baisley's success, I think, is something that we've seen in these runs is he's aggressive. He gets downhill. He attacks the rim. And when he gets there, you know, he, he isn't just willy-nilly throwing the ball up. He's exploding to the rim. And I think if that's, uh, you know, if that's something that we see this season, Bayes is going to take that jump that, you know, he's talking about. Yeah, I think something we've talked about on this pod before, the main thing that kind of feels like is necessary to Baisley's progression is the development of those dribble moves. Because it feels like a lot of time, like, he kind of has an idea, like he wants to be aggressive. He wants to take the ball to the basket. The problem is he kind of gets stuck in like awkward positions because he doesn't have go-to moves really. And he didn't, he's never seemed super like he's had moments where it's like, Oh, he's got like, he's got that in his bag. And I think we're going to see more of that this season, but I'm definitely hopeful that those videos of him playing like obviously off season runs don't mean that much. We've seen the hoodie mellow thing a million times. Um, (laughs) But just it, it gets me excited whenever I see Baisley stuff because he is doing stuff that we haven't seen. And I'm hoping it's a case of like, this is something he's developed and not just a case of like, he's afraid to do it in games. Uh, I think if he is able to tighten up those handles and do moves like that, it makes him so much more dangerous because th- that brings another dribble threat, not just makes himself better, but makes the whole team better as a whole because that adds another guy like Shea was really the only guy last season who could really attack the rim. Dort could do it as well, but he wasn't great when he got there finishing wise. So basically is able to be another off the dribble threat. It makes life easier for Shea like a hundred times. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that to collectively as a podcast that we all think basically is going to take a jump. Um, I, I think what's what's going to be important is, you know, like we was talking about getting downhill, you know, working on the, those dribble moves so he can get, get downhill offensively. But I think also he needs to really step up defensively um, on the perimeter in the interior. Um, I, I'm writing a piece and I was talking about, you know, what I kind of want to see out of the starting lineup this year. And when I got to Baisley, I kept going back to, I want to see Darius Baisley kind of become Ben Simmons light. I want to see him, you know, be a secondary tertiary facilitator. I want to see him get downhill and transition in the half court. And I want to see him walk up on defense. I think that, you know, we have Shea, we don't need him to be, you know, we don't need Baisley to be this premier scorer. We don't, we have Dort. We don't need him to be the best defender on the team. 
We just need him to go out there and, you know, feel his, like, really be a high-level role player. <laughs> like that, That's all we're asking him to do. So, I think that if he can really step up and do that, then, you know, he's he's kind of etched out a, a – he has a, he has cemented his spot in this rebuild, if he could do that. I agree. Um, that would be great if he could turn into a guy like that. He's definitely shown some ability to, like – like if he, I think he can be capable of bringing the ball up. I know there was that one game against the Sixers later in the season where he had a really solid game, mm-hmm. and a lot of time he brought the ball up. And I think that is something I want as part of why I wouldn't mind if we see him as part of the second unit because I think that would give him more opportunity to bring the ball up rather than playing with like like in the starting lineup with Shea, Dort, maybe even Giddy, um, maybe Poku, just all these different guys that kind of can take the ball up the court. I would, I would not mind at all if we go into it having Baisley as part of the second unit and he just brings the ball up for us a lot of the times, tries to make plays happen, and we kind of see how that goes. Yep, for sure, man. I, I That was kind of my big struggle with uh, <clears throat> constructing the starting lineup is, you know, what to do with Giddy, what to do with Bays. I think ultimately I went with Bays because his defensive ability is a little bit more than Giddy. And, you know, I think right after the draft, I even said that, like, I mean, we picked him at number six. We're starting Josh Giddy. Like, you know, we invested that high of a pick. We have to start him. But, you know, if you kind of look back, and I know, you know, this is like a hand-picked selection, but LaMelo Ball, for instance, he was drafted number three last year in the draft, but he didn't start right away. Um, if you look at Pokashevsky, you know, he was drafted at 17, I think, 17, 18, 19, something like that. So, like, it wasn't super high, but we gave up collectively like three first round picks to get him. So like we made investment in him, but we still didn't start him right away. Um, so th- that's kind of why I lean basically in the starting lineup over Giddy, but I could see either way and I'd be happy with either way. Um, you know, you know, talking about the Ben Simmons thing, I, I do want to differentiate like I don't want him to not shoot threes. Like we've seen Beasley, you know, be able to knock down the three. I was looking over stats, Connor, in the bubble. Can you guess what he shot from three point line? Not including the playoffs, just in the bubble, the ten bubble games. I remember. I remember it was something because I made a video like right, like one of my first. I think it was my second video ever. I was talking about players that could break out seasons, and I talked about Beasley's three point percentage. I want to say it was like in the forties or fifties, maybe. 46.3% from three in the 10 yeah. bubble games and a clean 50% from three in the playoffs. It's it's good. Man. That that stretch, I remember that was the stretch that got me really excited for him going into mm-hmm. this season. It was like, oh, shoot, like, like this is what we're going to see. And obviously, I think a big thing that people forget is he missed a lot of time uh, due yeah. to injury. So if he's able to stay healthy, I, I hope that this is going to be a big year from him. Yeah, my big thing with him is, like, you know, he was able to knock down those threes because they were more likely than not of the catch-and-shoot variety because he had guys like Shea, like Chris Paul, like Dennis, creating those shots for him, open looks in the corners and on the wings. And, you know, he shot 29% from three um, before and after his injury this year. Um, and I a lot of that is because the threes he was taking were – off the dribble, off balance, contested, like, you know, they weren't those clean catch-and-shoot looks. So, you know, going back to the Ben Simmons light thing, like, hey, if you're open in the corner, you're open in the wings, absolutely shoot that thing. But, you know, don't 
don't force shots up basically is what I'm saying. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Baisley. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for this team in general, man. Like I'm just ready for the, like bring on preseason. Like let's, let's see these guys play some games and it's not far away from us. Do, do you know how, how, uh, how close preseason is? I think it's less than a month now. Mm-mm. I'm excited, man. Yeah, we're close. We're almost there, man. It's almost back. It feels like it's been so long because I'm not used to these non-playoff seasons. Like typically Mm -hmm. we'd at least see our team play like a few games in the playoffs, like like at least five over the last few years. Um, So it feels feels long, man. I, the tanking thing is tough. I'm not going to lie. It's it like is. it's I'm super excited for our future. And even when we're not very good, I still have a lot of fun watching the team. But like the lot like kind of going into this, like, damn, this <laughs> I know this is gonna be a bad season, but you know, still being excited for it. It's for sure, man. Yeah, I'm I, I'm super excited to watch this team. I'm I'm just expect like this this is an exciting time of sports. College football's back. Um, I don't know if you got to watch some UK highlights, but Will Levis is the next Patrick Mahomes. That's all I gotta say um nfl is coming back <laughs> literally tomorrow and then you know shortly after that the nba is coming back so you know we're we're getting right in the thick of sports it's it's a good time to be alive all the superhero movies are coming out this year i think you know we got eternals uh venom let there be carnage a spider-man no way home so yeah it's it's a great time to be alive man so you know, that's covering a lot of different subjects and we're about to cover a lot of different subjects. You know, I know I teased the what if trailer last week and we are going to get to that, I promise. But uh, some other members of the unit wanted to be a part of that episode and they weren't able to jump on, jump on tonight. So we're going to hold off for the time being. We'll come back on that next week. So definitely check that out. But we did ask you guys for Twitter questions. And as you always do, you supplied them. So come, we're going to dive into these Twitter questions, man. Um, first off, let me find it. Where did it go? Ah, of course, can't find it. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, first off, um, let's go to Topher B560. It says, what role do you think Deck has this season? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't got to talk in a while. We had like a a ridiculous lineup of guests so we haven't got to talk about any thunder news that trickled out as minuscule as it would be but it looks like gabriel deck is returning to the team um cone do you do you think he carves out a role or do you think that the thunder take advantage of his non-guaranteed part of his contract and part ways with him i feel like we're going to end up parting ways it just it yeah. feels like there's not enough room on the team when i think about our wing rotation for him obviously there's i think poku is not poku's not a center he's i i see him Mm -hmm. as a small forward or power forward so that's someone in the wing rotation uh you have kemich williams who i forget about a lot of times he was great and we kept him through the trade deadline for a reason last year because we thought he could be a guy that could help us out going forward uh basely is another guy who needs to get some run whether it's at the four I think he'll probably be mostly at the four, maybe sometimes a small ball center, but that's another guy that takes a spot away from him. Um, Aaron Wiggins maybe could get some run at some point. Hopefully I would like to see that. I think Dort could get some run at like, obviously at the two, but maybe even at the three giddy, I think could get run at the three as well. Being six, nine, mm-hmm. almost six ten. There's just so many different guys that we've got to give playing time to. It just feels 
like deck doesn't re- it doesn't really make sense to have him on the roster at this mm-hmm. point i think he would be a great piece going forward if say for example like your team like the lakers i think you would love to have a guy like him so i wouldn't be surprised if we waive him and he ends up signing with another team that is kind of more ready to win and could use his presence right now whereas yeah. us we're kind of just throwing young players at the wall and seeing what comes out of it yeah for sure you know development's paramount in a rebuild and you know, we gave Deck a solid look, you know, 10 games solid look last year. But I think he's he's kind of a throwback player in the fact that he doesn't really, you know, he, he doesn't make quick decisions with the basketball. He doesn't shoot the ball particularly well. Um, but, you know, if I was going to say something about Gabriel Deck, I'll never forget, man. The very first game he came in, he checked Zion Williamson and he did as bad as a good of a job as you could guarding Zion Williamson. So um, he'll forever have my respect on that end. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think eventually, I think we have 19 players on the roster right now officially, which I think you can go into training camp with 20 players. I think's the rule, but you have to cut that down to 15 before the season starts. So I think that deck is a logical cut. And I think, Honestly, he goes back overseas and, you know, goes back into the Euro League and plays for FC Barcelona. Barcelona. Um, Topher also asked another question, you know, leaning into our, you know, both of us are Marvel fanboys here. So is Spider-Man leaving the MCU after No Way Home? And I just have to say right off the top, I would be very upset and very shocked if Spider-Man was to leave the MCU after No Way Home. What, what, what say you, Cone? Also, I'd be stunned if I think he's going to be built up as like the next like like they've got to establish a new set of characters now that a lot of them have kind of moved on. Obviously, no more Iron Man. If you didn't know he died, if you haven't seen Endgame at this point, I don't know what to tell you. No more <laughs> uh, Iron Man and Captain America out of the picture. So those were two of the biggest names. So Spider-Man is such a logical fit as part of that. And I don't think it would make sense for him to leave. I feel like he's so central to the universe the way that things are going and i think that um like the upcoming movie is gonna tie in a lot with what goes down towards the end of this phase like seems like multiverse of madness with dr strange being involved it's all gonna kind of tie together i'd be stunned if it happened if anything i think that this next Venom movie kind of will probably kind of tease to him be ending up in the MCU somehow and that building towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sony's going to kind of get a little more involved, but they make so much. They're going to make so much money off of the Spider-Man movie coming exactly. up. Uh, like, I think it'd be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. There's no way it, no, no, it, it doesn't make any sense, man. And like, if, if Sony was to, you know, just be douchebags and pull Spider-Man from the MCU and try to do it themselves again, even though they've proven they can't do it. <laughs> they can't do it right. They can't do it justice like, you know, Marvel has done it. Um, you know, it, it it would just be a, you know, misplaced confidence play by Sony. Um, I You know, Marvel, Sony kind of has the best deal of it all. Like, you know, Marvel gets to, you know, make the creative decisions. They get a handle marketing and everything, but Sony pockets like the majority of like, you know, the sales for like the tickets, I think the merchandise, um, toys, all that stuff. So it, it, w- it would be so stupid 
if they were to pull that back. And, you know, obviously it would cause outrage between the fans and everything. And, you know, rewinding, was it a year ago? I, I guess it was two years ago now. Um, yeah, it was a while ago. You talk about when there was the rumored split. Yeah, for the Far From yeah. Home. Yeah, they, they was talking about it right, right when Far From Home was about to come out. And, you know, apparently, like, a lot of people thought it was a rumor, like myself. Um, but it was legit. And it took Tom Holland actually calling the head of Sony and the head of Marvel and be like, hey, we've got to make this work. Like, you know, the fans want it. So shout out Tom Holland, uh, who is the perfect embodiment of Peter Parker. That's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. So uh, hopefully we get to see him continue to grow in the role um, over the next few years in the MCU. So, all right, moving on, man. Uh, let's see here. Mateo Gallardo at Salvador and Art. Hope I said that right, Mateo. Says, do you think the Thunder will be the worst team in the West this upcoming season? I think it's tough because I f- I think there's going to be so many players that have good seasons, but also it's just not a great roster. Um, I could see us being. Let, let me look. Let me look at the West real quick. I personally think the Spurs could be really bad. I think like Greg Greg Popovich is great, but the roster is not very good. If I had to pick a team right now to be the bottom of the West, I would pick us. But at the same time, I think there is a chance that we're better than some teams. I think the Rockets could also be pretty mm-hmm. bad again, um, just because like like they've got a lot of talent, but it kind of feels like mismatched right now. Like John Wall still being there is still a weird thing that I forget exists. Yeah. So it's just like I keep forgetting he's on their team. Um, I don't know. They're just kind of a weird situation there. I think it's going to be us, the Rockets, or the Spurs, probably. Yeah. I, the Rockets was the first team that comes to, comes to mind whenever you bring that up. But, yeah, you, you're right. This, the Spurs are probably going to be bad, um, which sucks because love Kel, Keldon Johnson. Uh, I think he took a big step this past year, and I, I kind of look forward to seeing what he's going to do this year after being around all those guys in the Olympics. So, Looking forward to the Olympics leak, Keldon Johnson, but he might be doing it by himself, and that could bring him to one of the worst records in the West. But, no, I, I think we'll definitely be around there um, just because I expect us to move on from Derek Favors sooner than later in the season. And at that point, your veterans are Kenrich Williams, who's been in the league as long as Shea, I believe. And, of course, friend of the podcast, Mike Muscala. And, you know, no shade to Mike Muscala, but – you know, you need more veteran presence if you're going to, I guess, overachieve and win more games than, you know, you were expected to. So, yeah, I I think we could definitely be one of the worst teams in the West. And after, you know, getting the sixth pick in the draft this past year, I would like to be the worst team in the West this year. Just just one time, let us get one of those guys to couple with Shea, couple with Giddy Poku and all them. And then we could start talking about playing – playoff contentions and all that but like just let us get a top three pick this year please for the love of god uh, yeah give me uh give me one of chet or paolo benchero oh yeah yeah paolo paolo is my man i think chet's so good i think he's gonna be really good but i just don't I don't think you can succeed with Chet Holmgren and Alexa Pokashevsky in your starting lineup. 
Bro, the image of Chet and Poku playing next to each other is so funny to me <laughs> that it would be amazing. The thought of those, like, imagine that you're playing them and it's like they're both like seven feet tall and the skinniest dudes you've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so, it'd be so funny to watch. At that point, we got to bring friends over to just you know make, make exactly. Make it <laughs> uh, let's see here at Andre uh 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 seven two one says why won't toddlers nap. Cone in your fatherhood experience, uh, why, why don't toddlers nap? Mm. The closest thing I have to fatherhood experience is, or the closest thing I have any experience to with toddlers is really me. Um, so thinking back to when I was a toddler, um, I don't know, for some reason, like, I feel like I was just all full of energy and I like, ah, like I don't need a nap, which is funny because um, I was talking to, I have a couple like younger cousins and a couple younger, I have a younger nephew and a young niece and um my nephew was like i don't want to nap and i was like i wish i was like you because now at this age like mm-hmm. being a college student i want to nap all the time and that kid has no idea how good he's got it man no i, I mean it was like that in high school like like oh, freshman yeah. sophomore year it was like bro we used to get nap time at preschool and kindergarten I'm like why don't we have that now yeah i could have used that in high school i used to come home like every day from high school and take like an hour long nap because uh, i don't know when high school started for you but for me uh, I woke up at 6.30 every day for high school and mm-hmm. I never went to bed to get the recommended, you know, eight hours of sleep. I would always yeah. get like five, six. And so every day I'd get home and be like, yeah, I'm gonna take a nap. So I wish high school should have implemented that. That's something that one of us should run for public office for and try and put that into the school curriculum. There you go. Hey, Tone and Dylan, 24. There you go. Uh, we'll have to wait a couple of years. I'm not quite there in the eight. I, I've got to get a little bit more up there in the age. I think it's it's 35, right? So we both need some more time there. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Right. All right. We'll, yeah. we'll plan for uh, 32. Yeah, we'll go 2032. We'll go with that. Actually, I still won't be there yet. I don't yeah, know if what the rules are for vice president. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go 36. 2036. Uh, you and I will run for it. All right. Book it down. Conan chats or chats and cone. What you know? What whatever you want to call it. Um, but no, uh, Andrea, um, you know, from personal experience, our kids didn't want to go to sleep either. Uh, literally look up the dosage, the recommended dosage for it and give them melatonin before bed, like it knocks them out, but it's very important to look at the dosage because if you give them too much, it's not going to hurt them. It just counteracts, um, you know, what it's supposed to do. So if you give them too much melatonin, it's not going to help them go to sleep. It's just going to wind them up. So look that up and hopefully that helps you out. Uh, let's see here. At Super Dave underscore says, will SGA be an all-star this season? I'm going to say yes. What about you, Con? Yes. He's going to average. Let me make a stat prediction. He's going to average like 25, 6, and 5, and they won't be able to keep him off. Doesn't matter how bad we are. If he's ever, he's going to be averaging really good stats, and I think we're, I think there's a chance we could overachieve at least until like the deadline. I think maybe we could fall off a little bit where like when the season starts to kind of like slog a lot. Um, I think he better be an all star. They robbed him last season, so they at least better compensate him this year. Yeah, for sure. I I was talking with my buddy about it today. Now and I told him I was like, absolutely, he'll be an all star. He should have been an all star last year. He's like, what? I was like, at the very least, he should have been in over Mike Conley. Like, 
take the sentimental bullcrap aside. Like, Shea deserved to be there as the next replacement player. But, you know, we won't talk about that right now. Um, no, I, my predictions are just uh, just a little bit over you. Like, I think he's going to average, like, 20 – I think I said 26 and a half points, like seven assists and five rebounds a game. I think, like – you know, I've been saying it, man. Like, if he takes time off, he's in the offseason. He doesn't just take, you know, a small jump. Like, he takes a, a substantial jump. And if I'm going to say that in almost every podcast, I got to back it up in my predictions. So, hey, that's what I'm saying. And 50 40 is coming, Dolan. I don't care what you say about jumping from 80% to 90% of free, free throw line. He's been, he's freaking Dolan do doesn't it. get it. He's been grinding. He doesn't get it. Absolutely, man. The grind don't stop. Um, speaking of Shay, been very active on Twitter lately. Um, famously thinks Drake is better than Jay Z, but we won't hold it against him. Let's... Yeah, uh, we, we won't talk about that one. <laughs> He's from Canada, it's okay. Hey, literally, like, as soon as I hit send on like Shay would never, like, it was just a joke, you know, obviously, because Trey was the one that said, When are we going to start talking about it? I was like, Shay would never, just a joke. And then as soon as I sent it, I was like, uh, Shay's Canadian. Shay might. Shay might. And Shay did. So, again, we won't talk about it anymore. Um, at I'm so dizzy says, if the Thunder had the first pick in the draft and the best player in the draft had, quote, unquote, character issues, would they pass on the talent for a, quote, unquote, culture guy? What say you, Sir Cone? Take the best player available. Unless the character issue is like he's, he murdered someone or something. Like, it's... I think the Thunder have a really good culture, and I think we have a great group of guys, a great front office. I think... Unless it's, like, something like... If it's just something where he might be, like, not a great teammate or, like, he might rub people the wrong way, as long as that's not something that's going to, like, kick him out of the league, like, take, take the best player. Yep. I feel that. I think at the very top of the draft, you've got to take like the best guy, but uh, I forgot who it was. I was having a conversation with on this. Um, shoot. What was it? Oh, um, at Thunder Indy posted. And it was like a quote about all the Sixers like draft picks and how they've all failed. And he's like, this is what I'm worried about um, with the Thunder, you know, with their rebuild. And I'm like, we have better scouting with a better front office, all this. And everybody, you know, chirping back at me in the comments. And they was like, we should have drafted Kevin Porter Jr. We should have drafted this, this, that, and another. I'm like, listen, I wanted Kevin Porter Jr. as well in the draft. Like, I wanted, you know, this guy as well in the draft. But I don't think he was ever on the table just because of his character issues. Like, I agree he was probably more talented than the other people, but, you know, the Thunder organization, um, uh, Presti even said it in his uh, his post-draft interview, like, we draft person first over player. So, I, that, that, I think that might even be where this question was stemming from because, like, I, I went back and forth with this guy about it for a while. So, I, I think at the top of the draft, you go best player available and you just – kind of got to figure it out um but at the same time they went giddy over guys like Kamingo and boot night and they could have felt like you know giddy was a high character guy and more of a culture guy than the best player available 
certainly compared to other draft ranks. So I don't know, man. Uh, Alex, let me ask you this question. If the Thunder Bro. had the first pick in the draft and the best player in the draft had a quote-unquote character issues, would they pass on the talent for a quote-unquote culture guy? And welcome to the podcast also, Alex Roy. What's up, man? What's up? Um, so if they so if the top guy in the draft had a character issue that was known, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. It's a good question because like we re- we we haven't really had too many guys at the top that have had character issues per se in any draft. Um, you usually find those character issue guys near the end of the first round, like a Kevin Porter Jr., like a Perry Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, anybody who's a junior is jacked up. Um, so do I think – so, I mean, it, it, it kind of depends on the character flaw. Um, if it's somebody like – like, let's say Jalen Green. Jalen Green – I love Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green's going to be a 20-plus point scorer in his career in the, in the NBA. Man, when I listen to him talk and when I listen to some of his, some of his interviews, he is cocky as hell, and like cocky in like a almost detrimental type way. Cocky um, overconfidence. Exactly, and so you know, yes, as a superstar, you do need that cockiness. Every superstar is cocky to a certain degree. Yes, very true. But it just, I got I, I got a sense from him. I got a vibe from him that just didn't seem like he was very much let's say a thunder player then let's say a presty mm-hmm. type player where you know team first that type of situation so here's the thing if if the number one pick is a clear-cut franchise changing player you almost have to take him if there's an alternative that is comparable then more than likely you go with the alternative regardless of the consensus that's around NBA media circles, NBA mock draft, things like that. If there is a comparable second, second option, but if there isn't, you know, this is, you know, this is Victor Wembeyamba, and we're talking about a guy that's, you know, has character issues, but the number two guy is not Victor Wembeyamba. You almost have to take Victor Wembeyamba. So you have to take the guy that has the talent. And so, you know, I think there's levels to this, to that question, but you know, if there's, if there's a comparable second option, I think you go with that second option. If there isn't, then you have to go with talent. That's all fair. It's all fair, man. Um, all right. Got another question here from at C. Alman- C. Almanza, uh, 1007 Clemente. Um, he says, what would need to happen in order for this to be considered a successful season for Coach Dagnault? Um, Alex, we'll go back to you, man. What, what do you think needs to happen in order for this to be – consider successful for Dignall in year two? I think there has to be improvement across the board uh, developmentally from players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not, we're not looking at win-loss record at all, um, but we do want to see wins as far as development. We do want to see po- Poku, you know, get out there and be able to stay on the floor for 30 minutes and be productive in those 30 minutes. We want to see Baisley get out there you know, and play for 35 minutes and be productive in those 35 minutes, start to become a rotational NBA player instead of just, you know, this young guy that keeps on oozing potential and keeps on showing flashes, but also shows, you know, intense flashes of inconsistency. Um, Giddy, 
you know, hopefully seeing, you know, getting him used to the NBA, getting him, you know, making sure that he is an NBA player, you know. So, and then ultimately making sure that this team is being built around SGA, you know, because if SGA is your anchor, if he is your foundational piece, um, then you want the other guys on the team to learn how to, you know, how to kind of, kind of play off of him um, and kind of be those supporting characters um, as they're developing, you know? So I think success this season will be measured very much not on wins and losses, but very much on improvement over last season for, for individual players. Yeah. I got you. Come on about you, man. You, you agree with Alex or are you about to go against the grain? Pretty much the exact same thing for me. All I want to see is development. Daniel's a good developmental guy. Uh, obviously worked with a bunch of guys when he was the coach at the Blue. I just want to see development. I don't care if we win games. I don't care how many games we lose. As long as it looks, the team looks like they're growing together, they're becoming a more cohesive unit, and just everyone's improving. Like There might be a couple guys who don't have great seasons. It's tough to have the entire team all improve in one season. But as long as like, we don't see like major regression from anyone or like there's no issues with the team. Just even though it's a losing season, something I loved last season is even when they were losing guys kept talking about how hard they were playing, how much they wanted to win. When they won that game, they talked about how great it felt to overcome that, how they really wanted to win that one. And just kind of keeping that mindset of we're a team and we're going to win things as a team, lose things as a team. And we're all going to get better in the process, even if we're losing. Yep. Absolutely, man. And the thing I love about Dagnall is he holds his players accountable. It doesn't matter if it's early in the season or late in the season. You know, he's he, he's going to hold you accountable you know, if you mess up or if you're, you know, trying to call out one of your teammates after you've messed up many times before that, he's going to let you know about it. And I appreciate about, that about Dagnall. So I want to see more, you know, just more examples of, you know, him, you know, holding his guys accountable. Um I just had to say something different than your all's development thing. I didn't want to be the third person to talk about development, but yes, obviously we want to see development out of Mark Dagnall. Uh, wins and losses don't matter. Um, actually, they do. We want more losses, way more losses than wins this year. Um, and then, yeah, then next year, you know, after, after like we said, come, we get the top three pick to go alongside Shea. Next year, maybe we can start talking about wins and losses and the success of Mark Dagnall. Um but hey, talking about development, um, can't find the question. Ah, here we go. Doug Beck, longtime listener of the show, at the Doug Beck says, Who is making the biggest leap on the Thunder this season? I'm gonna go to Connor here. The guy I've been vouching for, I think Poku takes a big jump. I think it goes from last season. He was he showed so many flashes where he had great defensive flashes. He had great pat flashes of passing, scoring. It was just, can he put that all together consistently? I don't think it's all going to happen right away, but I think over the course of the season, we start to see that consistency come out. And he has more and more games where it's like, oh my god, that Poku dude is good. Like he's not just showing flashes anymore. It's like he legitimately has some skill. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a really big year from Poku. I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. I think he gets more efficient. I think he becomes a better defender. I think he 
he already throws a ton of crazy passes that don't make sense to me. I think we're going to see more of that. And all around, I expect Poku to take a big leap in like establish himself. He already kind of is like a darling for a lot of like people who actually who like are big into basketball. Like I know there's mm-hmm. been a ton of people that are like, uh, like, oh, this Poku guy might not be super good now, but all these flashes that he shows, he can be something big someday. I think that like group co- becomes a lot more uh, present at the end of this season. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about, oh, shoot, this Poku guy's for real. All right, what about you, Alex? What you think, man? Alex, I think you're muted, brother. My fault, my fault. You can uh, so, so not to be, um, I, not to be like consistent with Cone or anything. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say Darius Baisley, and I'm gonna be prisoner of the moment, and I'm gonna say those, you know, those those videos, those highlight videos that we saw a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago, um, kind of yeah, whipped my appetite. Yeah, it kind of it kind of whipped my appetite big time, man. Like it was like, like the moves that he was doing out there. Like you know, there's hardly any defense being played. We know that, um, but. You know, we need him. All, all we need from him is a consistent jumper. Just give me a consistent jumper. Just give me somebody that can hit from deep at a 35% clip. Just give me give me what happened to Dort to happen to Baisley this season. And I'm going to tell you that player is going to go from a player that can score 12 points a game to a player that can jump up to 16, 17 points a game. And if Baisley can do that, you know, you're looking at, somebody that may be a part of the team. If not, you're looking at somebody that could possibly be trade bait because he's coming up on an extension. So I'm hoping it's, I'm hoping it's bait. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be happy with either one of those. Uh, I'm going to go back to what I was just talking with Cone about a second ago. Um, if I'm, if I'm saying it all year, man, I got to be consistent. In my prediction, I'm going with Shay. Like I know he's got, you know, it, it's going to be harder for him to take a big leap, you know, when he's already putting up the numbers that he's putting up. But, you know, Alex, like like I told Cone, man, if I'm going to come on here almost every pod and say, you know, every time he gets an offseason to get in the lab and he doesn't make just a jump, he makes a leap, I've got to be consistent in that and, you know, go with that in my prediction. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm predicting a leap from Shea. I, I think that, you know, we're he's going to go from like a borderline all-star to like holy crap this guy is like so good like look out for him once they put a team around him like he's he can be the best guy on a championship team so 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 what what does a shade leap look like so like you know last year what was the 23 points a game on you know basically almost 48 i think oh yeah you're talking yeah and then and then splits and then led the league in drives and so what is something that you would look at and say, damn, you know, he, he did it again. Well, like I was telling Cone, like, you know, he I think he averaged like 23.5 or something like that last year. So if he could average like – if he could bump it up three points, 26 and a half, maybe even 27 points a game, you know, bring those assists up, I think he averaged like five-ish. You know, if he could bring that up to six and a half, seven assists and, you know, keep the rebounds about steady – not too crazy about that. Um, last year he shot, uh, I think, 50.8, 41% from three and 80% from the line. So, 
you know, I, like, like I said many times, like I'm predicting 50, 40, 90. I don't care how improbable that 80 to 90 percent mm-hmm. jump is at the free throw line, Stephen Dolan. I'm predicting it. Um, not only am I predicting it, I'm predicting his uh, field goal percent to go up to 52 and his three point percent to go up to 42 and a half. So there we go. So I don't, I don't think. So what were his? Um, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you, but what were his free throw attempts per game? I think so. I think, I think that's where he gets it. I think if if he's yeah. going to show improvement in any way, you know, any any fashion. Um, I think him boosting that up to nine, ten a game, you know, helps him out immensely because that's what superstar players do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to see that from him. I think he could do it. You know, he's definitely put in the work this offseason. Uh, he looks considerably bigger. You know, he's he's moving well. He's attacking the he's attacking the rim. And it looks like he's added a post game to his repertoire. So we might be looking at some D Wade pump fake, get him in the air and then shoot it shoot it after his guys in the air so you know just six foot seven point guard be on the lookout baby be on the lookout um guys we just got a couple more here at underscore cl12 underscore says what will poku be closer to ak47 or kd for those of you that are uncultured that is andre kirilenko and kevin durant Uh, i'm gonna start here i'm just gonna say he's closer to andre kirilenko it's not just because of his um, body type or skin color it's because I, I believe Poku's going to be more of a stat sheet stuffer you know famously Andre Kirilenko was you know one of the only guys might be the only guy that got five, a quim- five 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 yeah, five the five by five game I almost said I'm glad you said that I almost made myself look stupid and say he got a quintuple <laughs> double that that did not happen he's not Will <laughs> Chamberlain um, but yeah no he's a guy that can stuff the stat sheet you know score the basketball um, you know, block shots, get steals, assists, rebounds. You know, he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. KD is just like a one-of-one, one, seven-foot scoring phenomenal, like probably the best scorer that we've seen of all time. And as much as I love Poku, um, I, I don't think that's in his future. So, yeah, I'm going to go AK-47. What do you think, Con? AK-47 just by virtue of, yeah, the fact that Kevin Durant is quite low. Really one of the greatest players of all time so it's, it's just hard to say that he makes it to that level of course would love it you know um maybe there may, i hope there is a timeline out there even if it isn't this one where poku becomes the greatest player of all time and i hope that timeline's cone is having a great time right now <laughs> but um yeah i think just, yeah that poku variant is ridiculous but I just think it's by virtue of the types of players. I also think, yeah, I think Poku is going to be kind of a stat sheet stuffer. I think Poku in his prime is going to have a lot of games where it's like 20, 10, 5, like 3, and 2 type games. I think he's just going to have a lot of games like that. Not to say that Kevin Durant doesn't do that, but like you said, kind of similar to AK-47 in that regard. Yep. Alex, are are you going with the – submachine gun or uh you going with the slim reaper i'm going with uh andre durant oh he said both of them he said he's he's both of them combined i mean i, I could see like you know a lot like like what cone said as far as in his prime those stat you know you know kirilenko was never necessarily known as a score i think you know i think he was a consistent like in the teens type score mm-hmm. um i think the three-point shot gives Poku maybe a little leg up as far as the potential to score more. 
Um, but I do think he's going to be, you know, like like you guys have been saying, a stat, a stat sheet stuff, stuffer um, where, you know, he can give you 21 points, 10 rebounds, um, you know, five assists, three blocks, two steals, that type of stuff. Um, I, I think the possibilities are there. So as far as like an in-between version of those two players, um, I could definitely see that. All right. We got just one more question, guys. You know, when I put out the call for questions, I said it could be Thunder NBA. Uh, I said Marvel specifically because I know me and Cone both like Marvel. Alex, you're also a big Marvel guy. So this question is for you as well. Uh, it is our boy Hunter Harjo at Hunter Harjo 7 says, I'll throw Marvel ones your way. In your opinion, Shang-Chi is the best Marvel solo film since question mark. So he's got two questions. So first one there uh, about, I said Shang-Chi, it's Shang-Chi. Uh, I, I feel terrible. Shang-Chi is the best solo film since what? So first of all, Cohen, I know you saw it. Alex, have you seen Shang-Chi yet? Man, so, so I went, so Monday, I went to the theater to go see it. And I was about 20 minutes into it. And unfortunately, I was on call at my job and the shit hit the fan of my job. So I had to rush home. Yeah, exactly. So it was right at the, at the part where they were about to fight on the uh, on the trolley car, on the train, whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, it was right there. So I, I got the explanation of the father and the mother. I got all that. And I got you know his little pendant, why he wears it. And then I don't have anything else from that. So if you're going to do spoilers right now, please let me know so I can go ahead and jump off this call. Because uh, I'll probably go see it this weekend, but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely recommend seeing that. Um, so Cone, it looked like, good. The first 20 minutes were great. Yeah. So there's that. Cone, let's walk through this, man. So if we're talking about solo film, let's go back. So Black Widow is you know, the most recent solo film. And mm-hmm. I liked Black Widow, but I think Shang-Chi was above it. Do, do you agree with that? I agree. All right. So then we got in game, not so with him, Captain Marvel, Shang-Chi sweeps. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, when you forgot, does Far From Home count? See, that's that's tough because, like, if it does, like, I think that's where it stops. Like, I really liked Far From Home. I agree. Far From Home is in my top five Marvel movies. So yeah. I'm a I'm a big Far From Home. So maybe we should change the question to like origin film, like the first movie that like like their debut type yeah. movie. Yeah, that's fair. And if that's the case, then you know, if you go back to Ant Man, it's tough. I mm-hmm. I freaking love Ant Man. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Ant Man is really good. It's hard to compare because they're two different types of movie. Um, I, I'll ask you, what do you think? You think it's better than Ant Man? It's close. It's just kind of recency bias. I'm not sure. I liked it a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't give any spoilers, uh, Alex. But the the action was some of the best I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed Shang Chi. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I might pick it over Ant Man. Some movies that come to mind. Black Panther comes to mind. I really liked Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. I like Doctor Strange. I think more than most people do. Strange was really good. Yeah. I think I might like. I might have that over, so that's probably as far back as I would go. But um, in terms of just like origin movies, I would probably take Strange over. And I th- was Strange after Ant Man or before? I can't remember. I believe Strange was after Ant Man. Strange was after Ant Man. Okay, then I might not even have to get to Ant Man. I'm gonna double check, but yeah, if if that's the case, 
I like Shang-Chi better than Doctor Strange. I think I have to put it over Ant-Man. Uh, I think it stops at Black Panther. Um, I don't like Black Panther as much as everybody else, but I, I think it's a little bit better than Shang-Chi. And I've only seen Shang-Chi once. Like, I've seen Black Panther a few times. So maybe upon a few rewatches, I might put it above that. But yeah. yeah. Black but, Panther was 2018. So that's, I would probably stop it at Black Panther because I think I like Black Panther better. But like you said, I've seen Black Panther a million times. So it's tough to say when I've only seen the movie once. Yep. All right. Um, last question. And Alex, this isn't a spoiler. This is in the trailer. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't. Bother. I haven't seen those either. No, I'm joking. Oh, okay. So he says, any theories regarding Wong and Abomination's relationship in the MCU? Um, I'm going to go right off the top. I think, I, I don't know how Wong's involved, but I think that abomination is going to be a part of the team that contessa or quote-unquote val is putting together with john walker and yelena and i think they're going to be making the thunderbolts yep i agree I think that's a that's a pretty solid theory um i would like to see that i'd like to see more um yeah i won't comment on his like whole involvement thing in the uh movie but yeah, I don't know. It's It was interesting that he kind of came back. It was something like I saw the trailer and I knew people were like, oh, that's Abomination. I was like, yeah, it does look like him. I think so. But like, why? Like, why, mm-hmm. like, why is he here? So I would like to see that. I definitely would like to see him come back and be involved because that first Hulk movie kind of feels like a fever dream. Like it never happened. Yeah. So it's yeah. cool to see some, some reminder that that movie actually happened. Yeah, I'm that- telling you, like, like what we really need is there needed to be a scene in Loki where we saw the variants of Hulk as Edward Norton. And then also um, Rhodey as um, what's his name? War Machine. It went, no, no, yeah. Rhodey, oh, but Rhodey, uh, not Don Cheadle. Terrence Howard. Uh, Terrence Howard yeah. yeah. Terrence Howard. And maybe they like, they were variants and they got clipped or something like that while he was in the, uh, in the judge room or something like that. That would have been hilarious. That would, that would have sealed so many plot holes within the MCU right there. That would have been great. Hey, all I'm saying is no way home and multiverse of madness. There's, there's plenty of possibilities for that still to happen. So just keep your eyes peeled. The world's, mo- the world's most specific. What if episode it's yeah. like, what if, what if Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk from the beginning? And it's just <laughs> yeah. a quick version of the first Hulk movie with Mark Ruffalo instead. <laughs> Yeah, no, Cone, you're right, though, man, about, like, you know, it feeling like a fever dream, that first Hulk, and, like, you know, especially with Mark Ruffalo being recast, it's like, we didn't really get reference to it until they brought in uh, Thunderbolt Ross from the show, and then, you know, we still didn't get any reference to it from there, but, you know, like you was talking about, um, they brought it up in Shang-Chi, you know, bringing back Abomination, and uh, Alex, have you seen any of the What If shows? Yeah, I have. I saw, I saw the last one. Okay, yeah, so in the in the one the nick fury's big day one you know they actually revisit that specific Mm -hmm. moment in incredible hulk and you know it it was wild because like like we said we we don't talk about incredible hulk and like the mcu canon that often so it was cool to see the acknowledge and i think a lot of it is because uh, the she hulk tv show is going to be coming on next year at disney plus Mm -hmm. and i think that abomination has been confirmed to be in that show so yeah uh we just we just nerded out on some marvel stuff man so that's that's how we end the show right there um i I think 
the three of us are the only ones in the unit that even watch the Marvel movies and shows. So <laughs> it was fitting that we got that question. But we should we should do a we should do a Marvel podcast. Oh, don't don't tempt me. Just don't freaking tempt me. <laughs> I'll be on that every every night. Yeah, no. I'll just I, wait for I'll, no, I'll wait for the text. Yeah, I listen. I literally listen to Thunder Pods, Fantasy Football Pods, and Marvel Pods. That's that's all I listen to. So uh, I'm ready, y'all. Y'all give me the word, and we'll do it. Hey man, let's let, let's expand the brand. Hey, and if anybody wants to be a part of a Thunder Marvel chat on Twitter, we are the Gods of Thunder. Let me know, and I will give you an ad. <laughs> Yeah. But, gods of thunder would be a crazy name for a do du- a dual thunder marvel podcast hey i'm saying that I, I think i think the wheels think, are turning boys i think you need to go ahead and cut this out before somebody takes our idea uh yep uh so that was a great conversation we just had that you guys don't get to listen to but no <laughs> yeah. anyways guys um it was great to be back on a podcast with you you know i so i'm talking with cone it was awesome that we had like such a ridiculous lineup of guests and we still got a few guests lined up for the you know coming months, but it's cool to just get on and talk shop with the boys. So uh, great to pop with you guys, um, you know, taking time out of your night and uh, thank you to the listener. Hey, you know. oh, go ahead. Hey, one thing, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys talked about Royce about his. No, move no to... yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just, I mean, just, I'm pretty sure if, unless you've been living under a rock and you're a Thunder fan. Um, but, you know, Royce is ending his career basically at, at ESPN. Um, and he got hired on by the, by the Thunder, probably to be doing, you know, a Nick's, Nick Gallo's job, you know, not, not, not necessarily taking over for him, but mm-hmm. joining him. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that, um, he's been given this opportunity you know he's literally grown up with the thunder yep you know since the beginning of the run and i know for myself i wouldn't be as entrenched into thunder media as i you know as i am right now without his assistance um he's the one that basically got me my first media pass and you know i've been able to kind of grow and go from there um but just you know give people their flowers while they're still alive and and just you know just big a big up to to Royce Young he is you know he is basically Thunder Media yep um and and just you know congratulations to him and I know he's gonna do great in this new venture for sure man you know I I I I tweeted about it um whenever uh, Sarah was organizing the uh the Venmo fund for 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 my family when you know things with Nova was really tough and everything um him and Carrie actually donated money to the fund and you know they they gave us words of encouragement that time so not only was Royce like you know like you said like the face of Thunder Media like you know the king of Thunder Media but like he was also like him and Carrie were both just really awesome people so super happy for them and their family uh Royce being able to stay home um not having to go elsewhere like ESPN probably wanted him to um but hey set down roots and you know work for the organization you grew up with i mean i can't think of a better situation for you and now we don't have to li- we don't have to read him talking to you know doing stories on portland and just it was just weird doing that portland i think he he covered utah Being it, yeah utah there we go portland and utah <laughs> yeah so yep super super happy for royce and carrie and their family so 
absolutely, man. So uh, excited for Alex to take Royce's job at ESPN as the Thunder correspondent. Uh, probably not going to happen. Can't wait for that to happen. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I appreciate you, the listener, uh, tuning in. You know, like I said at the top, you know, we took a break last week. Um, you know, just crazy, crazy times in all of our lives. Not a lot going on in Thunder World and you know, Labor Day weekend. Just figured to be a good time to, you know, take off and recharge batteries. But we're back at it, pushing out the content again. Appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us, listening. And, uh, just want to say, I hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Uh, wash your hands, wear a mask where you need to get vaccinated. If you have not hoot when you freaking can. And as always, thunder up, thunder up, thunder up. Bring me Thanos. Thank you for listening to the topic thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google play or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.